Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I am Tina Marks, your host. Today's guest is an author, mindset coach, fitness instructor, podcaster, and um, a reality star. He was on the 13th season of The Bachelorette. Up next, Eric Baker. Welcome, Eric Figger. How are you? I'm Look at that great. smile. What an amazing smile. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. I'm great. We've been talk- chatting a little bit before I hit the record button, so I'm learning more about you. Um, so let's just get right into it, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell everybody like what you're known for, and then we're going to hear your backstory. That's how I always start off, because everybody kind of wants to know how you got where you are, right? So you're an author, mindset coach, fitness trainer, podcaster, and a reality star. You were on the 13th season of The Bachelor. The, I was going to say The Bachelorette. The, that was, oh, you're right. That's right. The Bachelorette. Oh, it was The Bachelorette. Oh, I have it written yeah. in my notes, The Bachelor. That's right. You were competing for, for, for yeah. the woman. Yeah, and it's funny. I just learned that this morning because I knew all the other <laughs> stuff about you. And um, so uh, that must have been quite an experience uh, being on that. And we're, we're going to go back to that in a minute. But I know that you were... You were raised in Baltimore, Maryland, which you said it was like it was a tough city and it forced you to grow up really fast and um, forced you to become resilient and authentic. So why don't why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, thank you for the intro. That was amazing. Uh, Yeah, Baltimore City. I mean, growing up in it, it was normal. That was my commonality of life. You didn't think anything of it until you left there. Uh, so growing up there, I played basketball. Basketball was my passion. Wanted to be a professional ball player. You know, I had dreams of making it to the NBA. And, but, you know, despite not making that in life as a child, I did well in school. So it wasn't like I was a bad kid, right? I did well in school. I was responsible. I played sports. I had friends. I was a leader. I, didn't, I wasn't a follower. So I didn't get in trouble. You never had to worry about me doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. So school was kind of like second in nature when it came to basketball, right? But I loved it So, because I excelled in school. I did well in school. So my academics was great most of my life as well in college. Um, but, yeah, in Baltimore, you, you know, it's just a tough city. You know, I was raised by, you know, a single mother. You know, my dad was around, but he was a provider and not a guider. You know, bought me sneakers, bought me video games took me to basketball practice and and basketball games, but he didn't show me how to play basketball. He didn't teach me certain things. Um, But however, you know, you grow up, you don't know the difference between what's good, what's not until you get up outside of that environment. Uh, From there, I went to junior college in Columbia, Maryland, uh, Mm -hmm. community college where I played basketball for two years at the JC. Uh, I had two AA degrees, one in business administration and one in general studies. From there, I graduated and went to Hampton University in Virginia, where I graduated with a degree in um, entrepreneurship. Wow. Yeah, and that's when I jumped and went to L.A. in 2010, booked a one-way ticket, had $1,000 to my name on the left. And then, you know, so much stuff has happened since then. But Baltimore gave me my thick skin. It made me authentic. Uh, It made me super aware um, mentally and emotionally. Um, but it was a struggle emotionally uh, in Baltimore because as a young boy at, at that age, you young, 
you got to be tough. You're not supposed to really express your feelings. Or if so, you don't know how to because it's such a destructive environment. You can't really show your fears. You can't really show your true feelings and emotions. So you hold everything in. I'm good. I'm fine. No, I'll be okay. And you just go with the flow and you keep it moving. And you wipe your shirt off and that's life. When you couldn't, when you say you couldn't show your emotions, was that just because you were a boy, or was well, that because you was a boy? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because you was a boy, and it's just the environment. It's a tough environment. Like you can't really see. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was a a choice consciously. I think subconsciously, you didn't see no one crying. You didn't see, and if you did, oh, you're soft. You're weak. You're this. You're that. Yeah. Um, and my, I didn't really have role models. Like, my uncle and my dad were in my life, but like I said, they ran the streets. They, you know, they were kingpins in the neighborhood, you know? My mom, right, they, they weren't supporting yeah. that, that emotional growth at all. Yeah, my, I mean, my mom was there, but she wasn't there emotionally intimately. She was, she, she took care of me and my sister, but I didn't get, how are you, son? How you doing? How you feeling? I love you. Like, so that was most of my struggle as a young, young man was not getting that emotional intimacy from my mom. Mm-hmm. So it made me feel like not worthy enough as a kid. Mm-hmm. So instead I just gave everything I wanted from my mom and my parents to my friends. So I became like the father or the mother for my crew. I so see. That's how I built up those capabilities of taking care of someone, listening to someone, understanding them, being there, loving them unconditionally because that's what I wanted. And at the time, in that environment, I was young. I didn't know how to communicate my feelings to my mom or my dad or anybody. Right. So the show was pivotal because a lot of things changed in my life, but also a lot of things came up that my family wasn't aware of because I never expressed myself. Because right. I didn't know how to and you couldn't. Like, oh, I, I wish my mom would come to my basketball games. Uh, I wish my dad showed me how to do this and that. I just wanted love. I didn't get that emotional support and love from my family like I wanted it and it, it was tough so you could, you, so you did you ever vocalize that to you like your mom yeah yeah yeah. We, yeah it was on tv um we, we had several conversations about it um but over my time of experience in life and understanding what I know deep down my mom is great at what she does and who she is but I had to start looking at my mom as a human being and not my mother because I think when you look at them as a title, you put them in a category and you com- compartmentalize them and hold them accountable to that attachment. And it's not even real because they're human. Right, exactly. <laughs> She's an individual who has, who has a life, who had struggles and setbacks and challenges. And I didn't know until I was 25. So my mom had me a year after my sister. Wow. My sister's March 8th, right? I came March 9th. Yeah, that's right. You're a Pisces. I saw right. that. But however, I came a month early. And she was born at the time with a set of twins. And one of the one of the, who was going to be a girl didn't make it. So I was premature. And the doctors was telling my mom that I might not make it. Mm. So she experienced a lot of pain having me. I think she got a lot of like riff raff from like the family like you just had a kid are you gonna have one and she was 21 she was a kid mm. i was 21 what is she supposed that, to do yeah getting all this information as i got older i start really having more compassion for her and grace 
and start understanding like you don't know what it's like to not only be a mother and a parent, but an, an adult and to survive and thrive in life at a young age. So yeah, she was just worried about survival. I mean, yeah. I was I was a lot older. I mean, I was 41 when I had my son and I, I, I you know, and I've been a single mom since he was five and a half. His, his father's still in the picture, but I'm the primary caretaker. And I just remember going, how am I going to keep this? child alive <laughs> you know it's like and yeah it was like I was really fear-based for many many years in the beginning and um you know I think you know and that's the beauty because you're starting to understand now at some point I, I don't know if you have kids now do you no, have no. you don't but when you do I mean I, I just said that to my son the other day you wait until you have kids my mom always says that she said wait till you have kids said, my mom and I says, know. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like a sacrifice for someone else. And I think that's kind of been a gift and a curse in my life because I'll sacrifice so much for someone and hurt myself because I, I yep. don't know how to, I didn't know how to properly have balance and giving and receiving. Mm -hmm. So now I'm at a point where I, I just uh, getting through a transitional phase of understanding that I've created an identity that my family and friends need me when they actually don't. So I was living from a, a perspective and point of view. I, I'm gonna mold, I'm gonna take care of me to take care of them. But when I realized, hold on, they don't really need you like you think they do, but you make yourself available for them because you think they do, though that gives you it's codependency. It gives right. you it gives, it gives you, you a sense of purpose and gives you worth, right? Because you didn't feel so like, worthy, right? If they don't need you what are you going to do for E? And it kind of hit me because it was like, wow. Ooh, that's very insightful. I've never heard it put, put that way. That's yeah. amazing. Because I, I, I've done the same thing. I mean, it's always, you know, there are givers and there are takers and it's the balance because one is not better than the other because yeah. being too much of a giver and not knowing how to receive is just as bad as taking. And biggest challenge, yeah. Yeah. You know, really, because it is codependency, as you said. So that's that's beautiful that you realize that you just gave that's that's why I love doing this show. I always get <laughs> you know. Yeah, I do a lot of work on myself. I don't have books and teaching and coaching for no reason. I'm I'm doing You're the work. real deal. I mean, you know what yeah, the best works. coaches are the ones that have the experience. It's not the ones yeah. that have, have the most knowledge through education. I don't care where you graduated from. If you don't have a lot of life experience, I don't know how good of a coach you can be. Yeah, Sorry, I could awesome. be shot for that, but I mean, that's just the way. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, you had mentioned that mental health is essential and that conversations are crucial. So I think you kind of touched on that a little bit. Can you touch on that a little bit more? Yeah, so mostly all individuals, I would say most individuals, I can't say all, we live in our mind, right? Mm -hmm. Perception controls behavior. What yes. you think, what you see, you normally believe if you don't have the information to understand everything, it's not what it seems. So as a man growing up in Baltimore City, tough, challenging, drug infested, violence, crime, you know, you see a lot of unnecessary things at a young age that cause you to have trauma in your body without even knowing. So seeing that, processing that, but but not knowing how to communicate that that affects your mental yes becomes your mental health so crucial conversations is having that uncomfortable conversation about a traumatic experience um uh, a personal experience that changed your life you can see your mom being abused physically verbally um 
you, it just it's the things you're 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 exposed to as a child, and I think we live in a world where everybody is a, really has a mask on, and we're they're covered up. They don't want to talk about the truth. They don't want to talk about what's real. They don't want to talk about things that matter, but they only want to talk about things that are uh, 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 consistent or familiar with them, which is understandable. But sometimes it's good to have a different perspective to understand, like, look, I see you coming from that point of view, but this is how I see it. This is how I'll take it. But the thing is, we got to even, there has to be a point where there's a conversation being had. Most people avoid the crucial conversation. Mm -hmm. So when you avoid crucial conversations, you affect your mental conversation, the conversation you have in your mind about that situation. So say, for instance, you're in a relationship you really want to say something to your spouse or significant other because of you're so afraid of rejection or losing them or what they're going to say, or you have a different type of attachment style, you're afraid to go there. So then you just suppress those real emotions that really endanger and, and, and threaten your nervous system, which gives you more trauma in the body to make you feel and think and be who you are. And so I'm like, no, let's get this out of the way. And it's fascinating because I had a conversation with someone the other day and after the conversation, it was great. We didn't agree on a lot of things, but we did agree to disagree. And what I realized was that that happens a lot in the world, but what people do is tear each other down and make them feel bad for having their perception and their point of view. And I say, you know what, this person just has a different mentality and outlook on life to me. And that's okay. But I don't believe in what they're saying to make me understand that that's true. I said, that's true for you. But where I grew up, people not even want to look at it like that. Well, so, you, you know what? It's either that, as you're saying that, I'm thinking it's either that or it's deflection. When yeah, people yeah. don't want to look at themselves and face themselves, they'll just deflect, okay? So when you say, we, you know, we didn't agree on it, you know, that's when people, you know, you know, when, when all of a sudden you're disagreeing and it becomes matters of the heart and it's emotional and things like that, you stop listening to each other because you're just, you're kind of just getting ready to launch what you're going to say, right? Instead of truly listening. I mean, you know, when things are going great, you totally listen to each other, but all of a sudden when your feelings get hurt and your feelings get involved, right? All of a sudden we go into like this attack mode and it's really interesting. So, so for you to get there, that took a lot of courage. I mean, where did that come from? Did you, did you, like, where did that shift come from? Because you're talking about like being shut down, not being able to express your emotions as a boy living in Baltimore, Maryland, you know, wasn't accepted. And, you know, just for, for men in general, it's, it's usually not accepted. Okay. Where, what, what created that shift that you said, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to mention it anyway. I'm just going to mention it anyway, because I know this is crucial for my growth and for me to grow in, because that's what I'm hearing, for you to grow into the highest potential you could possibly be. Where, where, what, what, what created that? Well, I think the initial, uh, the initiation of that was my curiosity, right? I'm very curious as an individual. So when I came to L.A. at 22 years old, fresh out of college, I thought I knew it all, graduated with honors. I couldn't get a job anywhere. But I have a three, six, five, and I'm this and I'm that. L.A. didn't care. So that led me on a path to go discover information, books, right? Books like The Secret, Think and Grow Rich, 
as a man thinketh. Um, and from their information, they say changes situation. And then the more knowledge you have, eventually you'll have experience. So that led me to open up my third eye, open up my higher self to kind of get different information. And when you're learning, you're growing. And when you're growing, you're learning. But what happens is you start attracting people who can help you or kind of give you an interpretation on a perception you might have gotten from a book, but you didn't get it from an experience. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I had a lot of information. I didn't have any experiences to kind of make it make sense enough from my point of view. So here comes the show, right? The show comes and it, it, you're talking it about the Bachelorette. The Bachelorette, which was so how, beautiful. How did that? How did that happen? I had a friend who had another friend who was casting for a show. She was looking for men in Baltimore. I happened to be in LA. This was my friend. They made the connection. I did the interview. And it was great. And the rest was history. So with that show, it opened Pandora's box. Prior to the show, I had already did the information. I was already seven years in L.A. So I'm already on my journey trying to figure me out. <laughs> I think when I went on the show, I was 29. I got, you know, so I'm already, I got reps in of countless hours of studying, watching Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, Les Brown, Lisa Nichols, you name it. And when the show came, and this is when I learned, like, your environment really dictates, like, what you think, how you feel, and what you do. So in that world of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, they create a beautiful fantasy world when you're on a show long enough. I was there for 10 weeks. I almost made it. I made it to the end. I didn't end up with the girl, but I went far, fell in love, changed my life. What happened was it opened me up to healing. Right. It opened me up to seeing a different point of view because my life had changed. I went to six countries. I fell in love. I, you know, I brought the cameras and ABC to Baltimore. So, so much was going on. And in that process, I realized all the information I had prior to the show mixed with the experiences I had. Right. Started shifting my paradigm and my perspective. And I started getting more understanding of what I was going through. And so when I when I left the show, most people said, but aren't you heartbroken? I said, I think I was heartbroken before the show, but I think now my heart is full because that's what I was lacking in life was, was receiving love from a woman. Mm-hmm. Because when I dated women in the past, I only would give, I would not receive, and I didn't know how to ask for help. So it was like, I'll have women, we'll have a good time, but they don't feel like they have a meaning in my life because I'm not asking them for anything. They don't feel like they can give me anything because I'm neglecting it, even consciously or subconsciously. Or it's just like, oh, you don't, you seem like you know it all. You have it figured out, which I didn't. I was just blocking my pain and scared of my emotions that comes with committing to someone because I don't want to be shut down. Right. The show just opened me up to vulnerability, speaking my truth, expressing myself, which happened on TV. And that's when it came out about what I didn't get as a kid. And did I ruffle some feathers? Yes. Did I lose some family members and friends? Yes. Through the show? Through the show? Yeah. yeah. Why? Because the truth hurts and nobody wants to hear it. And Oh, because you were talking about this on the show when you were saying how you maybe were a little bit emotionally neglected and everything else. You know what's so interesting? That was going to be my next question. It's like, how did the show change you? And you know what? I'm sitting there, I'm shaking my head the whole time you're talking because that was such an unexpected answer. 
I mean, because honestly, I was thinking, you know, I think most people want to go on these reality shows. Yeah, and yeah. I don't blame them. It's because the whole world opens up to you. When you go on a reality show, I mean, think about it. Now, if you want to write a book, you're supported. If you want to go open a restaurant, you're supported. You know, I mean, reality shows, I mean, definitely give you that opening. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah. and, and I, and I, we've seen it time and time over again. There, there's people on there and they're doing it for fame and this and that. And they're really, their heart's not in the right place. I mean, yours absolutely was. And it was just, Really, because you are so authentic and you are so genuine, you really are on a search and a quest for the meaning of your life and getting deeper and more connected with yourself and everybody else around you. I mean, that's beautiful. I mean, you fell in love, but you know, I, I, I'm I'm blown away by that answer. I'm, I'm yeah. I, I think that's and, that, and that's the thing. And like, I even tell some people they don't believe it. I was like, you don't have to believe it, but because I, I said, listen, you don't understand who I am as an individual, like surface level. Even if you know me. When I have something in mind and it's in front of me, I give my all. Yeah. So I don't have no medium. So when I was on the show, my intentions was when I first got there, I, ha- I had to figure out why am I here? Because it didn't make sense. Where we come from, we don't show love. We don't show affection. We don't even dance. That's not cool in Baltimore, right? <laughs> on, on top of that, I had got to a point in the show and I was talking to my producer. I said, if you catch me BSing or being timid about love or getting after it, check me. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to dumb, I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. And that's what I did. And so by me engulfing that experience and giving it my all and not like planning to save for kind of being strategic um, in a, a way to get fame or whatever, my life changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it opened me up. It healed me. I healed my body and healed my life through the show. And people don't know that show is vetted. They, they know what they're doing. They've been doing this for a long time for a reason. You have a psychological test you have to take. Um, they have a therapist on the show. We had a therapist that we would meet. And the funny thing is, I probably had more of a tougher experience, not than most of the guys, but like I went through so many different phases in my journey because I was there the longest. Uh-huh. Where she saw me on week nine. She's like, well, I didn't reach out to you because everybody said they was going to you to get help when they were going through things. And I was going through the most. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I fell off the golf cart. I got into the bachelorette. I wanted to quit at one point. Like I was going through so much. Right. So, because you were giving, like you said, you were giving your all. You were actually feeling it. You like dove in, whereas dove a lot of people in. there were there, are there for the wrong reasons, and they're there for to get fame and everything else. So, excellent. So after that show. Is this when you got in? Because I know you were doing personal training before that, right? Yeah, yeah. But is this when, after the show, is that when you got into mindset coaching? Well, the thing is, mindset coaching, that kind of, like, happened, like, recently, like, probably, like, early this year. But I've always been coaching people my whole life. I've been everybody's coach. Everybody comes to me for help. Everybody, you know, so... It was like, how do I change the physical part of helping someone to the mental part? Because I have the information, I have the skill set, I have the experience. You know, I have the book. It's one of my books, you know, Transformation, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Energy, Change Your Life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, I have some success. So I've, I've experienced different things in my life that can relate to so many different phases of people's life. Like, I know what it's like to be broke. I know what it's like to grow up in a tough environment. 
I know what it's like to be on TV. I know what it's like to be around rich people because my clients are, at the time I was training, are one percenters. They make money. They own apartment buildings. They're rich. You know, they're mm-hmm. not celebrities. So mm-hmm. I have so many different perspectives. So the mindset coaching is something I always wanted to do, just like writing a book was. Mm-hmm. You know, I always wanted to write a book. always wanted to public speak. And I wanted to coach people in life, which I've been doing my entire life. I just didn't put it in place or have the system set up because I had so much stuff going on that I didn't have the patience or the time. Oh, I didn't have the know-how. Right. And so it's just, yeah. That's that's so much like me. People say, how long you've been coaching? I said, I don't know, probably my whole life. Because I remember when I was little, I mean, people, then then they'll say, I can't believe I just told you that. I've never told anybody that before in my life. Huh? I'm a okay. Scorpio. See, I'm oh, Scorpio yeah, yeah. and you're Pisces. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both water sense. signs. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but you are the last sign of the Zodiac. I mean, so you are like, yeah. you've seen it all. But I, I get it. But I mean, that, you know, and you know, people, they do that because they know we really care. We're not, we're not giving them lip service. And, you know, seriously, you and I are both very much givers. And it's like, they, we, you know, it's like, I, I've always struggled with, you know, others, persons, uh, other people's happiness before my own. And I've had to learn to create that balance because I know that if I don't give them to myself first, because I, you know, I think just society, we believe that that's selfish, right? So it's like, yeah, but yeah. now I know that if I don't give to myself first, I'm not of use to anybody, not myself, not my son, not to my clients, not to, to anybody. So, you know, that is something that I've had to learn, whereas a lot of people have to learn the opposite, learn how to, to give more, you know? So, um, so tell us about, you, you. I know that you've got your book, the 100 Days Wisdom Book and the course. So tell us a little bit about that. Can I show it? Can I share it? Absolutely. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. So 100 Days of Wisdom. Here we go. Here yeah. We go. So it's a quote book, of 100 Days of Quotes. And the fascinating thing about this book is that the information and the vibration and the energy that's in this book comes from back in 2015 when I created this book, right? So the mind state, the mind frame that I was in and the the situations I was going through developed this book. And the interesting thing was I took Lewis Howe's mastermind, right? You did. Yeah, he had a mastermind where you had to pay $500 for a month and you had to create something in 28 days. So in those 28 days, I created this book, but it didn't look like this. It didn't have all the, you know, it was just kind of like simple, more like an ebook. But the words were are inspired from. I used to, I've been I've been doing motivational videos for a long time. So when Instagram was fifteen seconds, I would do Motivation Monday, Wisdom Wednesday, and What's Positive Friday. Every three days a week, it would be a motivational video. What's positive Friday is e bigger in today's motivation and blah 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 blah. So out of probably 400 to 300 videos i selected the best 100 videos took those captions and turned it into a book oh interesting okay and this is where this is originated from and um yeah so from there uh i got a book publisher shouts out to uh live your dreams out loud publishing brian johnson a good friend of mine um he helped me publish the book and on top of that over the past what two and a half months, I created a course for the book. And so the course is basically, you know, we go day seven, you read the quote, right? And then you're going to jot down your notes of what it means to you. But in the course, I'm teaching you and I'm talking to you about what it means from my perspective, how do you compare it in your life and how to make sense. 
the number one thing that this book does for people is show them how to show up for themselves every day, be consistent to take action and finish all the way through. Most times people give up after a few days, a few weeks, maybe a few months, but I showed up literally in my course, a hundred straight days pushing out this content. So that's what the course is. It helps you understand the words that are in this book, where it comes from, why I wrote it. And honestly, the book is timeless. Like I, I look at this book and I'm like, damn, I wrote that? Like, <laughs> like day 97, you can get big results from small beginnings. Be willing to do the small things over and over again, and you will make big things happen. It's the intangibles that money can't buy. And I, and I go on and on. I'm like, this was, this was in my mind back then. It's timeless. Yeah. Everybody can use it, but I want to help people inspire and motivate their life, but also give them a plan. Like, look, this is what we got to do every day. I want want you to show up. You want to show up? Let's show up together. So if when I'm showing up with you every day, how can you decommit from the experience? Because I'm showing up. Right. There's days when I'm tired where I'm like, um, yeah, day 58. <laughs> I want it to be that way because I don't want people to look at me and say, oh, I'm this perfect person. I don't make mistakes. No, I make mistakes. I even think in one of the days it was a typo or something that I had to fix. But I said, yeah, it's a typo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, yeah. this is real life. I don't want you to think I'm this polished guy because that's what I lived before I was going on the show. I was using positivity as a coping mechanism to cover up my real pain because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to feel my emotions. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. And that it takes a lot of strength and courage to do that. And, you know, it's funny because I've said this before. I mean, consistency, intention, and action equals success. And you, yeah. you touched on two of them. The only one, one you didn't say was action, but you are, you, but you, well, you have to take action to finish the course. You have to take action to finish the course. And, you know, the beauty of this is I've said this a million times. What I do love about coaching is it keeps me accountable. I can't tell somebody else to do something if I'm, Fucking off and doing something else. Sorry. Right. No, no. I just bring, it, bring it raw. Transparentina for a reason, right? Um, let me let me ask you a question. Okay, so I think you know this is always kind of inside of you. You're a very emotional person. You know, is is there something like do you believe in God? Is there some kind of intervention? Like, did you have a coming to Jesus kind of thing? What what does God play a role in your oh, life? Hey, God is like God is like number one in my life. And it's, it's funny because I was actually, I put a, something on my story to, today. I was listening to T.D. Jakes yesterday um, because I think there's been phases in my life where I thought I had, my ego was thinking it had more power than the universe and had more power than God. So I was overcommitting or overdoing things, thinking I knew what I was doing, trying to be in control, and I was losing control. So... Um, and I feel like right now I'm in a transitional phase. I'm going to a higher dimension spiritually because that's what I think I'm here to. I know my purpose, but so T.D. Jake said, uh, what was the quote? He said, uh, your prom God promises, your promises that God give you and your dreams that you believe you should have are delayed because there's a stain in your perspective, right? So you're living from a perspective that you have it figured out, but you don't have it figured out because your perspective alone can't get you to the next level where God is trying to take you. So you have to submit, you have to surrender and allow him to come in with his divine presence and energy 
to help you understand what you need to do instead of you walking all over yourself, not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I always say, you know, God is great. Um, and, and to me, God has always been in my life. I didn't grow up in no church, not a religious person. Mm-hmm. But I remember from the age of like 15 and 16, it was a, a spirit would just come over me and it would just say, I need to pray, you need to pray. And like every night I would pray, like every night. And I tell people, everything I've pretty much prayed for in my life has come to pass. Mm-hmm. Like from jobs to opportunity to like, I've, it happened. So I'm a, I'm a prayer. I pray a lot. I believe in God and um, he's real. Like even on my yeah. video today, as I'm talking about God delays is not God denials. It's like the this, this, this sun line and this is coming through my, my roof of my car as I'm speaking. I'm like, that ain't anybody but God. You know what? That It's like the other last week I was in a really painful situation. Like, you know, when you wake up and you're just your body is just your gut is wrenching. And it's just like and I'm like, please take this away, please. I mean, all day I was just praying. I'm telling you the next day it was lifted. Everything was out of my body. It was out of my head. It was just like and it's funny when that happens. When you get a demonstration that fast, mm-hmm. you go. Is that gone? Or do you think that was just, you know what I mean? It, you do have that tendency to, but I'm going, it couldn't have been anything else. Nothing yeah. could be lifted that quickly, you know? But I was just, uh, so yeah, I, I always ask that question because, you know, it's, he, he's definitely the center of my life. And with everything, I could, anything is possible. And without him, you know, I mean, I had mentioned this on the last show. There is, you know, the ego, there is an acronym for ego, edging God out. Yeah, he's got out, yeah. Absolutely. Do you have a, a daily routine that you follow that keeps you <laughs> motivated, that keeps you inspired, that keeps you consistent? Because it's easy to say, just be consistent, just take action, you know, but this gets in the way, right? So yeah. tell us about yours. Yeah. So that's the thing about the course and in the book, you know, at least in the course, I kind of, you know, elaborate on my routine or when I'm reading or whatever. But when I get up every day, I have a system. I call it the spiritual system to wake my soul up before I go and impact souls or lives. Right. So when I get up, first thing I usually do is, uh, depend on what vibe I'm in meditation, prayer, or affirmation, but I do it all before I leave out the house. So I pray, I meditate, I do affirmations and even sometimes, uh, gratitude statements. Mm -hmm. And then once that's done, then I go hit the gym or wherever I got to go get it in and then my day is started but that's been that way for years yep you know years and when I go to bed at night I'm going to bed at night and like by normal beats or like healing frequencies or you know I'm, 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 I'm constantly trying to reprogram the subconscious mind because it's there that old self that unfamiliar self i mean that familiar self wants to come back when things are unfamiliar so mm-hmm. i'm learning oh i love that the, un- the familiar yeah. self wants to come back I'll, i'm yeah. learning that with family with family and people oh triggers money money as well right mm-hmm. um we're when say for instance you know you know, you, you have opportunity, you do great, and you just blow up, boom, you do big, oh my God, this is great, right? However, that situation in your life in that moment, which happened to me, is very unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. So what the body and the mind wants to do, I want to make this familiar. 
So what it does is it does the things that makes it familiar. It could be simple as you giving me a compliment and I'm like, oh yeah, these, this shirt, I have had this for like five years, it's old. So it's me trying to make that unfamiliar compliment familiar by disconnecting it or not embracing. When I first got my success publicly or in the world, I had survivor's remorse, right? I had a lot of guilt around it because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to receive my blessings and my, 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 my value of who I was at that time because I felt like I didn't deserve it. I wanted to give it to everybody around me. Mm-hmm. Like, Why are you doing that? Because it's unfamiliar. Yes. Because when you have success the way I did and the way it, you separate from the pack, you separate from people. Um, right. And it's uncomfortable. So I tell people, you have to make the unfamiliar familiar. So if someone gives you a compliment and you're not used to receiving them, just embrace it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Instead of yes. saying, oh, no, it's, I'm all right. You know, you know, you know, it's like you're, you're knocking up. Someone is trying to bless you with some good energy. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we talk about like stories. So that's like a story that yeah, you've, story. you've been holding on to. Right. If you know, got to rewrite the stories, got to realize what stories are serving you and which ones aren't. So, you know, you're absolutely right. You've got to kind of break the chain because your subconscious mind always wants to be right. So it's going to give you situations where you're either going to prove it right or wrong. You know, it's great if it's yeah. working for you, prove it right. But if, if it's not working for you, prove it wrong. You know, so the first step in that is being aware of your thoughts, being aware of what comes out of your mouth, you know, rewrite your own story. So, I mean, I love that. I have pretty much the same morning routine as you do. I mean, almost to like the tea and almost everybody that I have on here has something very similar to that. And, you know, when my clients go sideways, I'll say, how's your morning routine? Oh, you know, it's like, it's, it's not Pollyanna. It works every single time. I and mean, you've got to set up your day. Otherwise, this will take control and your subconscious mind will take control and your ego will take control. And then you're living your life by circumstances. You're being led by your circumstances. You're not leading an intentional life, right? Yeah, you had mentioned that you're into um, grounding in nature. And I, and I do that too. Just for the audience who have never heard about that before, just tell them a little bit of what that is and the benefits of grounding yeah, so grounding is nothing more than centering, uh, grounding yourself, your, your chakras, your body, your existence. But the way to do it is to go in nature, right? You know, in some places it gets cold on the winter and they don't have the capabilities to do it, but they have grounding mats and all those things. But anyway, after I work out every day, as a park where I live, I walk to the park. I take my shoes and my socks off and I literally walk in the grass at the park, barefooted, listening to even affirmations, audiobook, music, whatever I have going on, maybe just thinking out loud or talking to myself. And it really literally heals your body. Mm-hmm. Like it's odd. Like I've done it for like almost a month now. And I'm like, wow, I feel so much better afterwards. I get up, I might walk for like, I might do 10 minutes every time at at least. But like last three minutes of that 10 minutes, I probably sit down in the grass and just sit there. And you just feel good. So it's basically just being one with nature. So you can go to the beach and get in the sand. Mm -hmm. Um, You can go to a park and get on the grass. Even 
Maybe even a the cement, concrete is good. I, I don't think the cement, I think you can touch a tree and you can also yeah. eat root vegetables. If you eat root vegetables, I understand that that grounds you too. Oh, yeah, because my um, I have a, a spiritual healer who tells me that you need to eat some more grounding foods. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's there like, you go. Root potatoes and da, da, da. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. But she's yeah. like, you're too much in your spiritual self. You need to be grounded. Oh. Yeah, I don't think the cement. That's that's that that. Yeah, that's why I wasn't. It wasn't aware if that was. I just know people work out barefooted on ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but I don't know if that. that you that's don't get the, the energy. That. The whole thing is to get the energy of something live, whether it's a tree yeah. or the energy from the earth. So yeah, even yeah. root vegetables, right? So um, listen, you've got a seven-day free trial to Mind Valley, and I don't. If any of you have not been on yeah. Mind Valley, it's amazing. It's got like wonderful people like Eric on there, but it's got p- different courses and speakers. So we're going to put that below. It's go um, period mind Valley period dot com slash forward slash Eric bigger, which B I G G E R, but also let's give them your website. What's the best way to get a hold of you? If they want to sign up for your courses or they want to sign up for one-on-one coaching, what's the best way to get a hold of you, Eric? Well, the best way is to go to my Instagram, Eric Bigger, and just click the link in the bio, baby. And I got one-on-one coaching available. I have my um, 100 Days of Wisdom course, my e-books for my transformational workbook, uh, e-book for 100 Days of Wisdom, and soon to be available physical copies of 100 Days of Wisdom that you can get. However, if you want it now, you can go to Amazon and just type it in and you can get it right there. Um, but yeah, everything is in my link in my bio when I want coaching, coursework, and uh, yeah, my podcast is up there. Bigger That's Talk right. Podcast. We didn't even get to your podcast. Yeah, Bigger yeah. Talks. Is that on every, like almost every? Yeah, I it's on Spotify to- and uh, Apple Music. I mean, I said Apple Music. I'm an Apple's podcast. Yeah. Bigger Talks. I was listening to one of them today. It was really, yeah. really good. And you got to have me on. Yeah, I got to get you. <laughs> I got to get back in. Like the, the way I just- is like... <laughs> It's, it's like having so much at once. I have to learn how, because I was doing most of my interviews via Instagram Live. So maybe you can kind of help me uh, figure out how you do this and upload your content. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I yeah. definitely will. How you take the audio and because then I can start just getting more. Because I, I get so many people who want me to interview them. Yeah. I just don't have the time or... I think my challenge is taking the files. So I have someone from Upwork who comes and do everything, put it on YouTube, and I just pay them. Eric, Eric, if you think I'm doing this myself, I'm not. I'm delegating it, but I will sh- I will share with you how I do it, okay? Right. Okay, so three takeaways. You have three takeaways for the audience? Three takeaways. Uh, get to know yourself. Um, believe in something higher than yourself. Yeah, that If that's God, the universe, something that you can feel that's real that you believe in and um last but not least you know take care of your immune system drink water stay healthy uh spread love and joy it's really love simple. it love it love it love so much having you on thank you so much for, yeah, for being here eric and spreading your light and i mean i feel it your light and your love and your wisdom <laughs> and your joy thank you You've come so far and uh Thank you, everybody, for joining us for another episode. Um, If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do. It's uh, Transparent with Tina. And if you have not downloaded, what am I I trying to say? Uh, 
my podcast, downloaded my podcast, <laughs> all the podcast platforms. Um, and we will see you next week.